hours, okay? No sleep allowed. Everybody feeling good? I stepped off the bus. I was like, oh, man, this feels awesome today. Then the sun came out and hit me. I was like, this feels terrible. It's the worst day of my life. The sun is so hot. You guys feeling good? Uh, we're going to be doing, after this sermon that I'm about to give you, we're going to have a foot washing ceremony right up here um, just to prove how Christian you are. So let me just say, have a hand who all the Christians are in the room real quick. I knew there would be fewer. So half of you are going to be washing feet. The other half of you sinners are going to get your feet cleaned. Good for you. Thanks for being honest, sinners. Pray with me. God, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're wonderful. Thank you for being here in this place. Thank you for the worship that's happened in this tent. Pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you just speak to us for the next little bit. And whatever you want to say to us, that we would hear it. It would be in our hearts. You would, you would tattoo it on our heart. God, cement it in our heart that we would not just believe it, but we would be hearers of the word and doers of the word as well, God. I pray that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may fulfill that in Jesus' name. If you want that, we say amen. amen. Let's just go ahead and get a couple things out of the way for the half of you that aren't Christians here in the tent. Let's talk about um, the fact that you are a creation. Can we do that for a second? That you are a creation. Every single person here was created. I don't walk up to a car and wonder and look at that car and just be like, man, how did it get here? I mean, like, nobody does that. But when it comes to we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, how did I get here? And people of science think that we're so stupid and think that we're so foolish because we believe in a God that created us. I would just like to walk that back just a little bit, and let's talk about that just a little bit. The fact that there is this pink blob of matter inside of your head right now. Let's just think about that for just a second. Forget about all the other intricate parts of yourself. Just let's focus on the pink blob inside of your head right now. It, it right now, is an image is being projected into that pink blob. And you can see me right now. With your eyes and the lens and all that other kind of stuff. And there's these little nerves. And for thousands of years, this has been happening. People have been able to see for thousands of years, way before, you know, a car was invented. And, and not only that, you, you can hear me right now. You can process. I'm speaking a language with subjects and verbs and adjectives and sarcasm mostly. <laughs> and you're processing all that and, and laughing at it. That's pretty incredible. And also... So I can, I can speak, and also we, we eat things. And this is a really cool thing about the eating thing. Some things taste good, and some things taste really bad. To my kids, everything that is healthy, it all tastes bad. I'm failing as a parent. I need your help. Somebody needs to come alongside of me and teach me how to do this dad stuff because I'm failing at every single vegetable that there is. I just need to, like, dip every vegetable in honey so they'll figure it out, you know. But they're not doing it. So right now, potentially, unless you're fasting to cast out demons today, if you're not fasting, potentially there's food inside of you. And right now, your body is so amazing and it's doing all this kind of stuff that it's taking all this energy and all this to your, all the places of your body that need energy. And you can talk and have energy and be enthusiastic like this young lady for the next 48 hours because of the stuff inside of you. And it takes all that energy from that food and it's just doing it. You're not even thinking about it. And then the energy that it doesn't need, it just... Blesses us all later. 
And but still, even even the, the stuff that it doesn't need, we we put it out in it, and somehow we've managed to figure out we can even use that for good stuff. That's amazing. I don't understand it, but I know that right now, like the sun came out and and hurt me, but the sun also comes out every day and it like shines on plants and plants uh, do this thing uh, where, what is, what is it called scientifically? <laughs> Photosynthesis, where they process the sunshine and then they release this gas into the air, which just so <laughs> happens, it's crazy, just so happens to be the one gas that our lungs need to breathe. Isn't that crazy? Yes. That's insane, right? Now, okay, now hold on. Now, let's just go back with me. Just take a walk back just a second. So millions of years ago, there was all this matter. It was put together, and it blew up, and it created a blob inside of my head that had feelings and could speak and have language, and it created an, and it connected that blob to an ear so I could hear people so they could make noise. And it also connected that blob to some eyes so I could see things. It also connected that blob to a bunch of pain receptors so I know what feels good and what absolutely doesn't like the sun earlier. It also connected that, that, that blob to like my or internal organs and told my stomach how to work and my liver how to work and my heart how to work and all this other kind of stuff because it all just decided to blow up. And also, just so happened to blow up, and it told the sun, hey, I need you to be really cool to all the plants that are going to be on the earth and give them energy because there's going to be these, these people that are just going to happen to show up that are going to need oxygen to breathe. And with that oxygen to breathe, you know, that's how they're going to have life, and that's how they're going to do stuff, okay? So I'm going to need you to pay attention, sun. Oh, by the way, earth, I'm going to need your ozone layer to be just the right thickness because, sun, it, you're pretty dangerous and radioactive and insane Son, if you were just a little thinner, all these people with these fragile things that need oxygen to live, if you're a little thinner, you'd shine too bright and you'd kill them all. But also, if you're if you're just too thick ozone layer, we need you to just to be the right thickness because if you're too thick, then the sun's not going to come through and they'll all die. Also, Earth, what we're going to need is for you to tilt just a little bit this way, if you don't mind. Just tilt this, this, this way, just a little bit, if you don't mind, so we can have seasons, all right, so that way the Earth can kind of take a nap, you know, just like people. Oh, well. I mean, it, it, okay, there's big blob, right? Let's go back. And it blows up and it says, oh, by the way, Miss, Miss Enthusiasm of 48 Hours, she's actually going to need to take a nap at some point so she can continue being enthusiastic for the rest of her life and take a nap. Oh, Earth, by the way, you need to do that. Let's tilt you just a little bit so you can have spring, which is awesome, and, and you get to sneeze a lot, and, and, and summer where it's really freaking hot, and then fall where it's pretty, and this area is like the most beautiful area in, in the world in that time. And and then, and then winter, earth, you're going to take a nap during the winter. So you can get ready to just do it all again, okay? All right, are you with me? Is anybody tracking with me? I could keep going on and on and on about this. So when you look in the mirror, you obviously look at yourself and you're just like, these people who think that we're created are just stupid, aren't they? They're just dumb. How dumb could they possibly be to think that all of these amazing, miraculous things about themselves were created by somebody. Obviously, it's just an accident and just blew up and just happened to get put there perfectly in place by accident, obviously. 
Obviously, I look in the mirror and I feel shame. Obviously, I look in the mirror, I feel worthless. Obviously, I look in the mirror and I feel like my life doesn't matter. So obviously, it must be true that I'm an accident. It must be true that I don't have a purpose. Obviously, I look at myself and I think that I have no value on this planet. So obviously, there can't be a creator because my life is meaningless. When exactly the opposite is what we know deep down in our hearts is true. That if I say, hey, we're all getting on a plane, and then I get over the loudspeaker and say, psych, I don't know how to fly this plane. I'm crashing it right now because I'm an idiot. You got 60 seconds to live. Every single one of us in that moment, what we truly believe comes out. That last 60 seconds, you got 60 seconds, the plane is going down, we're flying into a mountain. Your heart reveals to your mind, I know I've been created. I know that I'm here for a reason. I know that I need to have a conversation with that creator in this last 60 seconds. You probably should have been having conversations with him long before now. But we know that. Every single person, I could point to every single one of you. You were created in the image of God. Every single one of you. Check this out. And you're all creators. The creator created you and you are a creator. I create music and I sing it. People create art. People create buildings and plumbing systems. Thank God for that. And people, people create food and they take this, this food that tastes like garbage and then they do all this insane magic to the food and make it taste good and make it where it was, it was once healthy for you but now it's not anymore. Creators, creators, people that woke up ugly this morning and then they put a whole bunch of makeup on and now they're beautiful. Creators, we're all creators. People create fashion and people are photographers and, and take, you know, this moment uh, of that's a passing and fleeting moment and they capture it and now it lasts forever if it's saved on in a cloud. It lasts for it, maybe, I don't know. That might go out of date too at some point. But we're all creators. You look at the cars right there. Someone created that. Someone took the time on that Honda Odyssey van to like create that shape and put the aerodynamics in it and that little line. Somebody created that. And somebody said, hey, these, these wheels will look cool. Let's do that. Somebody's going to look at these wheels and be like, I like these wheels. Somebody's going to say, this color will look good on that van. I think that that, somebody walked up to the color of that van. They were like, I like this color. I don't like the white one. I don't like the black. Because someone created it. Someone had it in their mind to be creative about it and make it look different than all other vans. Honda Odyssey van looks different than all the other vans. And they're given a certain specification, like the car can't be so wide. We've got these roads that we have. It can't be so wide. It can't be so thin. It's got to be whatever. So there's all these regulations. they got to fit it. And they still made it unique. They still made it unique. I look at every single one of you creations, and every single one of you are unique. You all kind of have the same parameters. You all, you know, kind of have the same thing going on in a certain way. But still, somehow, you're all unique and different. Every single one of you, you're completely different. And what I'm good at, some of you are not good at at all. And what you're good at, I am terrible at. Absolutely, I could without a doubt say what everybody in here is good at. I know I'm horrible at it because I'm married. And I was smart 
many years ago, but now I'm not. <laughs> now I don't know anything. But that can also be said about my walk with Jesus, not insulting my wife. My, my walk with Jesus, when I first started walking with Jesus, I knew everything there is to know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I knew everything about theology when I first started walking about Jesus. I knew what denominations were right and what denominations were wrong. I knew everything there was to know. The longer I've walked with Jesus, the more I look at you and I say, I don't know. But I do know that he is God and that he created me, that I am unique, that I have a purpose in this life, that I look in the mirror and I see my face and I say his face because I was created in his image. And my purpose here on this life is not anybody else's purpose. Only I can fulfill this purpose because I am not an accident. I did not come from a blob that just accidentally exploded and created this miraculous thing known as myself. I know that even though I am imperfect, even though I have flaws and I make mistakes, that grace has made me perfect. That grace has made a way for me to have a life of meaning. Now, can we move on past that? Can, I, can we pass around a, a metaphorical mirror? Can you close your eyes right now and see yourself right now and just look at yourself in a metaphorical mirror and see yourself and see yourself created as a child of God, as a son, as a daughter of God, because you're not an accident. Now, what if that creator walked up to you and said, I got something important to tell you? Would you listen? Now that, now that we've established that you've been created and that there is a creator that has created you, that you are not just an accident, it all just didn't happen by accident. I love it when uh, scientists, they'll, they'll say, okay, well, you know, probably somebody put us here. Well, who put us here? An alien. That's another word for God, right? <laughs> He's not from here. Anyway, that was my favorite thing when somebody was like, probably, with Richard Dawkins, he was like, probably aliens came and seeded the planet. I was like, exactly. I like that. That sounds great. If we can move past that you were created, and if that creator walked in front of you right now and said, I got something important to tell you. What if I walked in front of you and said, I got something important to tell you? What if a police officer walked up and said, I got something important to tell you? Somebody in authority, a teacher walked up to you, a professor walked up to you, you know, somebody, the mayor of the city, the governor of this state, somebody in authority. <laughs> somebody, the Supreme Court justice walked up to you and said, I got something important to tell you. And you'd be like, okay, I'm paying attention. I got something, they, they've got something important to tell me. I need to listen. Well, if God, your creator, said, I got something important to tell you. Now, what if he went past beyond that and he said, actually, of all the important things I could tell you, I'm going to tell you the most important thing. Now, most. Let's just go over the English language. We've all just established that you can hear maybe the, unless, you know, you're deaf and you can't hear. Then that I understand that. Somebody can sign language to tell you about it. But if you can hear and you understand in, in English what I'm saying to you right now, when I say the word most, that means most. It's the tip top. It's the top shelf. There's nothing above it. It's absolute number one. Nothing above it. It's as far as it goes, most. All right? So not just an important thing. If the creator comes up to you and says, I got the most important thing to tell you. Let me ask you this question. Would you listen? Would you at least, not, not, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, would you do it? I'm going to say, would you at least consider it? Would you consider it? Anybody? 
If the most important, he got the creator, I'm talking about your creator, the one who knows why you're here, the one who knows how you work, the one who knows why you're enthusiastic or why you're borderline sad most of the time or why you're creative or why you don't like to be around people or why you really love to be around people or why you're a hard worker or why it's hard for you to get up and work or why you're this way or you're that way. The one who made you that way walks up to you and says, I got something important to tell you. No, actually, I got the most important thing to tell you. Would you listen, and then would you consider it? Okay. I'm going to tell you that he's already told us. And I'm going to tell you, you probably already know it. And most of the time, if you're anything like me, it just goes in one ear and out the other, and you don't pay attention, and you just move on, and you think there's more important things. So I'm going to say it to you. And when I say it, I want you to actually hear it this time. If you're anything like me, I want you to hear it this time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Loosen up. Most important thing, creations, creations, creationites. Most important thing. Someone asked Jesus, they said, what is the most important commandment? He said, the most important command above all the others. The most important thing that you could do in your life. He said, there's four ways to do it. He said, it's to love. It's to love God with all of your heart. It's to love God with all of your mind, to love God with all of your soul, to love God with all of your strength. And he said, and the second most important is, is very similar. He said, to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm going to assume that a lot of people in here have heard that. How many people have heard that before? All right. Now, if that's the most important thing, how many of us woke up this morning and said, the most important thing I can do today is love God? How many people actually thought that? Right? Okay. A lot more hands on the other one. Now, let's go back to the, uh, the Apostle Paul echoed what Jesus said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1. Listen to what he said. He's talking about spiritual gifts and people doing all these amazing things and miraculous stuff and the Holy Spirit moving and all this kind of stuff. And then he said, he said, spiritual gifts is cool. He said, but 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he said, but let love be your highest goal. Now, again, English language, highest there's, we heard the word most a minute ago. Now we're hearing the word highest. What does highest mean? That means there's nothing higher. That means nothing above. That means top shelf. It's as far as it goes. There's never going to be anything. What, what should be our highest goal? To love. To let love be our highest goal. And then the Apostle Paul tells us why love should be our highest goal. Are you ready for that? Before that, in chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we all know this too. This is all stuff that you actually know, but we're going to put it into practice today. My prayer before we started today is that we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. Amen? Do you want that in your life? All right. So he says, let love be your highest goal. And he said, here's why. He said, because if you have all the spiritual gifts, if you have the gift of prophecy, but you don't have love, then it means if you gave your body to the flames to be burned and gave your life for someone else so that you could live, we give, he, we give medals of honor for that kind of stuff. That's a pretty big deal. He said, if you do that and you don't have love, then it means, he said, if uh, you understand all mysteries, all right, speak with tongues and angels, speaks with tongues of angels and you don't have love, then it means, if you spend your entire life writing songs and singing songs about Jesus and you don't have love, then it means, if you win a whole bunch of people to Jesus and you're a really good evangelist and you've won like tens of people or hundreds of people or thousands of people to Jesus but you don't have love, then it means if you go to China and literally convert a billion people to Christianity but you don't have love in your heart, then it meant. So if that's true, then it, God 
by his own confession and admission, he must be concerned with not what we're doing, but why we're doing what we're doing. Apparently, at some point, there will be people that stand before Jesus and they'll say, we did all these things in your name. And we cast out demons in your name. And we performed miracles in your name. And he'll say, I, I don't know you. So maybe God is more concerned less than what we're doing. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Somebody casting out demons, that's awesome. Performing a miracle, I want to see that. I want to do that. And he's like, but more importantly than that, the thing that makes that mean something is this one ingredient. And it's called love. Let me tell you a couple quick stories. My wife was in the, uh, a very holy and anointed establishment known as Starbucks. She was in the, the drive-thru of Starbucks where we, where we buy a holiday blend. Also back Christmas blend. It's my favorite. If anybody wants to bless me for my birthday or for Christmas, you can buy me Christmas blend Starbucks or a Google Play gift card. Just want to say, if you want to be doers of the word. Just, just putting it out there. Um, so my wife is in the drive-thru of Starbucks. And she gets up to the window, and the person at the window says, hey, um, the car in front of you bought your drink. And my wife texts me, weeping. She pulls over and she texts me weeping. She said, I had one of the worst days I've ever had. And this person, she said, I know it's not that big of a deal, but this person bought my coffee. And she said, and it was God telling me that he's still here, he's still with me, he's still in control, he still loves me, even in my bad day. He wants to bless me and let me know that I'm his child. And I just started weeping with her. Such a small thing. Love. Love. You got some big, big idea of what love is. You know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, yourself. Why don't we just set our sights a little bit lower instead of just reaching for, you know, the, the 100%. Why don't we just start with the 1% and just start loving. Let love be our highest goal. And let's just do what we can. Because I'm telling you, just like the little kid who had some fish and loaves of bread, it wasn't very much. I don't remember. I get it mixed up. It's either two fish and five loaves or five fish and two loaves. I don't know what it was. But Jesus miraculously multiplied that and fed thousands of people. So what the kid brought was barely anything. That's my life, ladies and gentlemen. I have brought very little to God and said, use it. And he goes, and he does it. They literally didn't think anything. They're like, I'm going to be nice and just buy this coffee for my wife. And God goes, watch this. And he multiplied it. And he brought emotion and joy and comfort to my wife. There's a friend of mine who I called one day and just called him and I could tell something was wrong with him. And I said, are you okay? And he said, not really. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And he said, man, that would be amazing. And so I prayed for him, and it was nothing special. There was no just like, it doesn't need to be like recorded and etched in stone. There was no 
awesome thing that I said in this prayer, except, you know, just God, be with my friend and whatever he's going through, be with him. And, and you know, whatever he's struggling with, let him know that you love him, that your mercy is bigger than anything he's going with. And, and just help him today and, and be with him and put your arms around him and let him know he's not alone. Nothing major, all right? Literally what I wanted God to do for him, that's what I asked God to do for him. Four years goes by and my friend, I'm standing in front of him and with tears streaming down his face, he says, do you remember when you called me and prayed for me? And I said, yeah, I remember. He said, you want, can I tell you what was going on whenever you, whenever you prayed for me? I said, yeah, tell me. He said, I was sitting on my back porch with a gun to my head and I was about to kill myself. He said, I made some really bad mistakes. And I felt like that God, there's no way that he could forgive me for what I've done. The mistakes were that bad. I felt like I messed up my life. And the shame was so powerful and so heavy that he said, I just didn't want to wake up the next day. He said, I had a gun to my head and I literally prayed, God, if there's any way that you love me and if there's any way that you could forgive me, then I need a miracle. He said, when the phone, when I said um, the words miracle, God, I need a miracle, he said, the phone rang. He said, Kevin is a guy that I work, that we, we have a professional relationship together. He said, Kevin, the phone, my cell phone rang. He said, I want you to know you've never called me on my cell phone. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> He said, you've only called me Monday through Friday. You've never called me on a Saturday, number one. You've never called me on my cell phone, number two. He said, and when I prayed that I needed the miracle, he said, the phone rang, it was you. And he said, and when you picked up, he goes, I didn't even tell you I was having a bad day. You just picked up on it. And then you not only picked up on the fact that I was having a bad day, you asked if you could pray for me, three he said, never in my life have I needed someone to pray for me more than that moment right there. And he said, now my, my kids still have a dad because you took the time. Love is what makes whatever you do worth something. I am sorry for what I have done to contribute to making Christianity a religion that is focused on me. I am sorry for what I have contributed to make people think that Christianity is all about us. That we can literally pray prayers like, God, bless me. God, bless my family. God, use me. Bless my finances. Keep me healthy. God, do something awesome for me. God, if you could just make things better for me at work. If you could do this great thing for me and this also awesome stuff for me. And if you could just make whoever I encounter think that I'm great, that would be awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of my prayers sound just like that. Even when I'm joking and being sarcastic, they still sound like that. And I'm sorry for making anyone think and assume that that's what the relationship that Jesus wants us to have with him. Because it is not. To be hearers of the word and doers of the word, I want to challenge us as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Let me, let me just not say Christian any word anymore because I don't know if that word even has any meaning anymore because I'm from the south and everybody's a Christian, okay? Everybody. I don't know about Pennsylvania, but I feel like Pennsylvania has some areas that are similar to where I grew up. Not saying, not judging, just saying. Everybody might be a Christian there too. 
So I'm not talking to Christians. I'm talking to people that actually want to follow Jesus and walk behind Jesus and see what Jesus does and do what Jesus does, live like Jesus lived, love like Jesus loved. Is there anybody in here that's a follower of Jesus Christ, not a Christian? Okay. I want to challenge you to pray a different kind of prayer today. I want to challenge you to pray a different kind of prayer. Pray a prayer maybe like this. God, how can I love you? How can I love you with all my heart? If I'm only loving you with a little bit of my heart, how can I love you more? And let all be my goal that I'm working towards. How can I love you with my mind? What can I do? How can I love you with my soul, with my feelings, with my emotions? How can I love you with my strength, what I'm doing, what I'm putting my effort into? You know, going back to my mind, what I watch, what I put in my head. Yeah, you know, with, with, with my heart, what is, what is the thing that I'm most excited about? What is the thing that I'm most passionate about? What is the thing that I wake up and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. How can I love you like that, God? Teach me how to love you like that. And for my neighbor that's around me, the people that, that, that are different than me, the people that, 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 that I enjoy being around, the people that I don't enjoy being around, Lord, I know that they were created in your image, and I know that in the brief encounters that I have with them, how can I love them? How can I encourage them? How can I do whatever it was that, that, that you did to people that made them know that there's a God who loves them. Can I challenge you to pray a prayer like that today? Do you see what the difference is? Now, it's either the most important thing that we could do on this earth or it's not. It's either true or it isn't. If it's the most important thing, then if we're followers of Jesus, then we got to at least consider it. Will you just consider that it's the most important thing? Will you at least just think about it? Because I'm here to tell you that every single one of you is unique. Every single one of you has a purpose. And I don't care how minuscule or how small the world thinks your occupation is, when you love and make love a part of what you're doing in this world, God will use it. There is a person in a Starbucks drive through that God used. An idiot like me who's just calling somebody who needed something else that God used. A little kid who just so happened to have a couple fish and some bread that God used. You who just has a little bit of this or a little bit of that that God wants to use. I don't care what you are or how awesome you are, how popular you are, how many friends you have on Facebook. If you don't even have a Facebook, if nobody knows your name except for your grandkids, if you woke up this morning, you have a purpose, and when you love, God will do miracles with the love that you do. Let me wrap it up with some couple famous people. A handful of fam famous people have committed suicide this last year. Maybe friends of yours, maybe people you care about. And I think about famous people, and I think about what's most important to us. I think about this is a true thing. Will you just agree with me right now that if you make $15,000 a year, you're probably saying, God, if I could just make $30,000 a year, that would be enough. And then when you make $30,000, you are like, <coughs> sidebar, God, thank you for the $30,000 and the promotion. I appreciate it. I thought it'd be enough. I did a little miscalculating. Um, if we could go for sixty thousand, that would be fantastic. He's like, "Good deal. Got you covered." And you're like, five years later, promotion, sixty thousand a year. You're like, okay. Once again, uh, having little problems here, little spousal spats over money, and uh, 
You know, it's not me spending all of it, I assure you, God. Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, so 60000 isn't enough. I'm going to, if we could maybe bump that up to 100000 and so on and so forth. You get 100000 you're like, ah, it's not enough. I need two hundred. Ah, oh, two hundred is not enough. I need a half a million. Half a million is not enough. Okay, I need to build my brand. I need to be famous. I need to be an influential person. I need to do this and I need to do that. And then I think of people like Chris Cornell in, in, in my field, people who, you know, a singer of Soundgarden who is, a better singer than I'll ever be uh, when he just woke up in the middle of the night with a sore throat, he still sings better than I do. And I think about this person thinking about committing suicide and what they've accomplished and what they've done and the albums they've sold and all of that. And he still feels like this life is not worth waking up tomorrow. And I think about... Chester from Lincoln Park, who's all these things and just incredible and so creative and songs are just literally just like uh, like portraits that should be hung in a museum somewhere that, that you start a song and people just start singing it word for word. You know, so what an amazing person. And, and he's just thinking, I don't want to wake up anymore. And, and Kate Spade, like a creator, she's a creator and she creates fashion and she creates this thing and she creates that thing. And, and it becomes like a millionaire, billionaire maybe, I don't know. And just all this money and, and people are so excited about her brand to the point that they want to own it and then they buy it for all this money. And she says, I don't want to wake up ever again. What are you chasing? What are you after? Because all these people got what we're chasing, and none of them thought it was enough. None of them. Because love is what makes what we do worth something. You were created, you were made. And God loves you. And when you look in the mirror, I know you have the option to see shame, but instead I dare you to see grace, to know that Jesus Christ has paid for every single one of your sins, that you have a reason why you woke up, that if you're going to school, that there is a kid that sits at a lunch table by themselves that needs a friend, and God is daring you to sit by them and love them, that there is somebody at work that's awkward and has some kind of social awkwardness or whatever, and they don't have any friends, and God is daring you to love them and befriend them and be the miracle that they need so that they'll wake up tomorrow. Because you don't even know that the day that you sat down next to them was the day that they prayed, God, I need a miracle because if I don't get a miracle, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow. Love is what makes the difference. People is what makes the difference. You are not a statistic. You are an individual that God loves and that he died for. God is not out for you to say, oh, we had 200 souls, one for Christ today. You're not a statistic. You have a name. You're more than a social security number. You have a heart. You have emotions. And you have talents. And you have the literal imprint of God on your soul. And he cares about every second of your life. And today I dare you to mix in this one ingredient, creator, creations, all you creators, what you do with your life, whatever you're creating, mix in love. Take what little couple fish and bread that you have and give it to Jesus and watch him do miracles with it. Don't, get, don't, don't think like the world thinks, like you've got to be in front of millions of people to do something for Jesus. Sometimes it's just a phone call. Sometimes it's just in a drive-thru. Sometimes it's at the grocery store. Sometimes it's at your house when your kid is acting up and you want to just literally just berate them verbally but instead taking the time to love them. 
Sometimes it's a spouse and you just want to get mad because they're aggravating you. But instead, the power of a soft answer, a soft response, and love. Can we pray together? Lift your hands with me if you will. Father, today we come to you. We ask you to forgive us for the selfish prayers that we pray most of the time. We ask you to teach us how to love. It's not easy. The most important thing that you've asked us to do is not easy. It's actually very much against our earthly nature. And I guess that's why it's so supernatural when we do it, because it's something that only you can teach us how to do. And so we come to you today, and we ask you to teach us how to love you with all our heart. We ask you to teach us how to love you with all of our mind. We ask you to teach us how to love you with our soul, our strength. We ask you to teach us how to love our neighbors, ourselves. I know, God, we're going to make mistakes, and I know, God, we're going to fall. But I also know that that's okay, that I know that we're not perfect and that you are and you have grace for us. And so when I fall, I know you're going to pick me up. For every single beautiful person that is in front of me right now, that is literally, when I look at them, I see the beautiful God that loves us enough to give his son Jesus Christ to die for us. That in their face is your face. In their hands is your hands. In their feet is your feet. In their heart is your heart. That they have the supernatural ability once they accepted Jesus Christ in their lives and was filled with the Holy Spirit. That they've been given the ability to love that other people don't have. Other people can talk about it and sing songs about it. But God, you've given us the ability to do it today. Whatever is blocking our hearts, whatever is blocking the conduit of our love, move it out of the way. If it's shame, if it's sin, if it's insecurity, if it's saying I'm not enough, God, let them know that they don't need to be enough, that you're enough. God, let every single person here know that whatever their job is, that you would use them to do amazing things, that they are there for a reason, that you put them there for a purpose, even though it's a job that they may hate, that it's just a season, they might, they might be going on to something different very soon. That these miracle-working people in this tent, you would teach us to love. Because, God, if we could speak to mountains and move them, which would be amazing, but we don't have love, it means nothing. But if we have love, then the smallest and minuscule things that we could do will move mountains. Teach us in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for listening to me.